This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Joining me, as always, from over there, Jared Morgan. I'm over here. <laughs> it's I like. Hello. I'm over here waving it's my rainy, hand. Rainy, rainy, rainy. Oh. It's very rainy here today. We've got, apparently, according to Google Weather, we've got four days of rain coming up. Um, so, it's sort of weird for winter. Normally, winters are usually dry. Um, okay. But, yeah, we've got rain. And, of course, it would rain because yesterday I put a load of washing out on the sideline. And I thought, <laughs> oh, I was looking up at the sky going, yeah, it does look a little bit sort of cloudy. But it's okay. It'll be fine over in the sideline here because it's sheltered. And have a guess which direction the rain came in yesterday. Yep. Uh, yeah, right onto the clothes direction. Thanks. Yeah, um, that falls onto the, the if nature. you want it to rain, wash your car or don't bring your umbrella. And if you mm. want it to or be... Or your garden. Right. Or if you want it to be exceedingly boiling hot, like the hottest day on the planet, uh, schedule work in your attic. <laughs> yeah exactly yep yeah go and retail your roof right because, yeah you know, that's it's, it'll be it'll be 40 degrees celsius or like 100 um in fahrenheit <laughs> when i uh our one neighbor that he's since moved but he lived across the street from us uh you could predict the weather based off of what he was doing uh, because mm. inevitably and, and you're right it would be oh working on the on the roof how long is that gonna take two weeks Yep, sure enough, that's the hottest two weeks, you know, of that month. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or, oh, you're setting tile? Oh, look at that, it's raining. You know, as he's doing it outside where he needs it to be dry. <laughs> yep, yeah, and you just look up and you go, damn you! <laughs> you, see, you look up into the sky. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, to uh, talk about this because I teased it last week and my wife didn't want to hear it. So uh, to to my wife, plug your ears. Uh, let's talk spiders here. Spiders. See, spiders. being an Australian, I am an expert on the spiders. Um, all the yes. Australians are. You go and ask anyone, and they'll say, "Yeah, we're not spiders. Yeah, because they'll kill you." Right. So I read this interesting statistic mm. that basically said that. Spiders eat anywhere from 400 to 800 tons of uh, uh, insect matter, basically, or what you will say, um, flesh, right. meat. Okay? meat. There is only 400 million tons of humans on the planet, which means that in a year, spiders could eat all of us and still be hungry. <laughs> wow. That Well, that's... Uh... That's the stuff of horror, really, isn't it? <laughs> now, the interesting so all thing that really I... is supersized spiders. Right, right. Basically, is a winning now. The interesting thing I find about this, less, less about the fact that they could uh, consume us and still be hungry, but the fact that there are that many insects that they are consuming each year. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, can you That's imagine if we didn't have spiders? Oh my God, we'd just How many be insects? Oh my God, we'd be washing them. It'd There'd be insane. Plagues, right? Plagues of insects everywhere. Like you see them uh, in your house. I, we're not particularly fastidious when it comes to little house spiders that we see crawling out around the world. And you know, you look up into the into the the cornice in your roof, and you see these little dots up there. And you go, yeah, they're all spiders up there. Mm -hmm. You go, just 
look at all the bugs that they must be eating. And you can tell they're eating because you see little spider droppings everywhere, little black specks. <laughs> and um, and you go, you must be like plowing through a fair bit of spiders. The other thing we have over here uh, is geckos. And um, the geckos, um, Do they, bother they you? like to, well, geckos, no. The, the geckos are fine. You, you know, well, let me first describe geckos just in case they're different in America. Uh, so geckos are these sort of translucent sort of um, lizards, basically, um, that like they have really grippy suction pads on their feet. Uh, well, actually, they're little, very fine hairs, actually, that allow them to climb up walls and do all that sort of funky stuff. And they like to eat bugs and moths and stuff like that. And they make this really loud sort of chirping noise. Oh, um, I didn't know about this. scares the living... It scares the bejeebas out of you, um, particularly <laughs> when they're in the room with you. And you don't know they're there. All of a sudden, it's like this big, 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 big noise. And it's oh, like, great. oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, they're, they're great. They keep the bug count down as well. They also eat spiders. They don't really care. They're like the honey badgers of the, the uh, I like to eat bugs world. Um, but yeah, getting back to spiders, um, that's a lot of bugs. Yeah, just a few. And that's yearly. Oh. That's I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's yearly. This is the thing, though, that bugs, when they reproduce, they produce hundreds. So for every bug, they make lots of rain. Right. So I guess, you know, it's like a, it's like a, uh, a smorgasbord of, of food um, available anyhow. So it's like the spiders basically, even though that sounds like a colossal number, spiders could never keep up with the <laughs> amount of bugs that are out there. That's the thing. So really, they, they're going, oh, I'm so overworked, trying to keep the bug count down. Every day, eating bugs and more and more pee. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess, hooray for spiders? <laughs> Good on you, spiders. Yep. Except for the ones that, you know, cause you know, flesh-eating bacteria. We don't like those. I don't think I've heard of any of those in Australia, which is surprising because we have some good spiders <laughs> down here. Yeah, you don't, you don't have the uh, brown recluse? No. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good time, spider. Um and we don't have we don't have tarantulas, but I think we have a, a family member of the tarantula family down here. You don't have tarantulas because um, you just have the bird killing spider that's the size of a tarantula. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those ones are good. I haven't actually seen one of those. But the um, I was at a science fair um, recently in our our state museum, um, and there was this uh, spider exhibit, and somebody was just handling a spider, just letting it crawl mm -hmm. over themselves. And um, and showing people what it looked like, it was very placid. Like you could tell that when people freak out about getting a spider on them, it's it's unwarranted because oh yeah, spiders really don't care about you unless you're pissing them off, basically. Um, because this spider was happily just crawling over hands, and like the person was just letting it crawl over this hand, and then it would just crawl over that, and they just let like, pass it around, let it crawl up the arm, and then pick it up, and it was happy. It was fun. It was like a like a garden orb or something like that one there's really big scary looking spiders that really are places anything so yeah they were having fun with spiders <laughs> all right enough of spiders um spiders. <laughs> yeah yeah you know who wants to talk about those anymore i played in our tournament last month or last week i should say uh and the guy's house we went okay. over to he had a whole slew of old-timey EMs. And, well, I'll just give you the list of games that we played for the tournament. Um, and you can kind of tell the age of everything that we were playing. So uh, we had Black Hole, which 
everybody was commenting about, hey, you know, it's a great design. Have this really cool area that you want to shoot and ball into, and then if you drain, you die. <laughs> Classic 80s pin. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have <clears throat> Williams Time Zone, which is an EM. And then uh, F-14 Tomcat, uh, a table called Tucson. And, uh, just again, an EM. Uh, Road Kings, which I believe is a yeah. System 11... Uh, okay. High speed, another yeah. very ancient uh, EM, which is called Pro Football. Oh, and then wow. Royal Flush, which is a more modern. Mm -hmm. It's basically the same, almost, no, I shouldn't say it's the same thing. It very much reminded me of uh, uh, what's the one that we just got in last season in Pinball Arcade? Paragon. Uh, the, no, the Gottlieb. Uh, that was also a card um, themed. Jack's Open or something like that? Oh. Yeah, Jack's Open, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, virtually the same play field, just like instead of the bank of cards or drop targets being straight across the top, it was on an angle. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because um, what, there's not really too much you can do with a street level play field, um, really. It's only yeah. certain configurations that will actually work when you're actually designing yeah. them. Uh, Terminator 2, uh, Spanish Eyes, <clears throat> which was another old EM. And then the oldest of yeah. the batch, which was a wood rail called Kickoff. Oh, wow. A wood rail? Yeah. That's... Wow. Okay. So Tell us all about what that. I, well, what I, what I learned from playing these is there is a different class. There's different classes of EM. <laughs> Oh, right. So, so you take a you take an EM like Royal Flush, which was just on the verge of almost us getting to solid, solid state, state pin. So yeah. your flippers are the size you're used to. There's uh, flipper return lanes. Um, uh, goals are fairly uh, understandable. In terms yeah. of, uh, you kind of know what the object of the table is relatively easily. And, uh, you know, it, it just looks like a standard pin for the most part. Just, you know, lacking all the, well, it has plenty of bells, but all the whistles. <laughs> yeah. Then you go into a table like Spanish Eyes. The Spanish Eyes is weird because it has a pop bumper right at the drain hole. And the oh, two yeah. flippers they will pop it back in. Well, it, it, okay, so it's got a pop bumper and then kind of a U-shaped uh, border around the pop bumper, with the bottom of the U being the hole that goes to the center drain. So what happens is if your ball yeah. goes into that area, it's going to bounce around like crazy, and it's very possible that it can bounce right back out, and you can continue playing. But more often than yeah. not, it bounces it into the center drain, and then it's toast. And then the two flippers are your little short two-inch. Uh, yeah. yeah, I always want to call them yeah. zipper flippers, even though they're not a zipper, but it's that size flipper. And they're on the outsides it's of the, the, uh, it's the flippers that actually have the word flipper written on them. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Because back then you didn't yeah. know what those things were. Um, anyway, That's so, right. and, and that table is one of those that there's also then this big horseshoe uh, dead center. And I call those the EMs where they're difficult because of the size of the flipper and also because they have these weird playfield mechanics 
that you're mm. just not quite sure what to, you know, what's going on. But again, you relatively understand, keep the ball alive and try and get it to the upper play field, which is always yeah. to me, the main task of any EM. Then you move on to something like pro football. Pro football <laughs> is, this is when you're, uh, what do they call it? The, the leather capped uh, football helmets. You know, we're talking American football here. Um, but yeah, you know, right. they didn't have, they didn't have hard helmets back then. It was the, the leather, <laughs> you know, wow. kind of, kind of thing. And I had no clue what to do on this thing. It kept two <laughs> different scores. It had, uh, both a touchdown score essentially and a typical pinball score. It had what they called red side and blue side. And you were okay. scoring for those teams. And if you lit, and, and those were lit at the top of the uh, the play field, there was two in lanes. One was red, one was blue. Whatever lane you got it in, that lit. And the object was to get both of them lit because then that multiplied the scores even higher um, for for whatever you, you bounced off against. But there was also this thing of advancing the football across the, the, you know, they had a football field and, you know, it would light. And there was these very targets that you were supposed to kind of like push back uh, by repeatedly hitting them. And then eventually they'd drop. But everything that you did pretty much resulted in the ball wanting to go straight down the middle. <laughs> right. And that's, uh, it was one of those things where I, I, for the life of us, none of us could figure out what the heck we were supposed to be shooting at. It was just try and make it hit anything and score points somehow, but God knows how, <laughs> you know, it was, it was really, really kind of a, a, a head scratcher. Um, and then bring it up now. Um, to see what it actually looks like, uh -huh. if I'm looking at the right thing, it's so it's a godly pro football. Oh no, that's way too recent. That's 1973. Um, Kick me the link and I'll go uh, back and see that into it. Yeah, it's all right. Keep going. Oh, so then what I was going to say is the the wood rail, which is like from a completely different planet, was uh, and kickoff kickoff it 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 had so two uh two on each side and they basically ran one to the next you know kind of that dribble over factor um but each flipper was labeled like cornerback quarterback <laughs> running back <laughs> as if that was going to determine oh, okay. what, what your you know what kind of shot you were going to be able to make but in the play field down at the bottom or the lower half of the play field there was these three center or three uh, holes that you could shoot and drop the ball into. What we didn't realize right off the bat was yeah. you shoot the ball in there, you lose your ball. So yes, you score points, but you also lose the ball. And what somebody pointed out to me is it's kind of like on Woe Nelly. Uh, there's a hole on the, in the middle of the play field there also. And it's the exact same thing. So you want, you're trying to avoid the hole. So not only do you have to worry about outlanes and center drains, but you also have these three holes in the middle of the play field. And right. that table was an exercise in slow motion death. I literally, <laughs> there, there was one part where I literally for 20 seconds didn't hit a single target. 
it was just send the ball up, watch the ball come back to my flippers, then send the ball up and watch the ball come back down to my flippers. Right. <laughs> and and then it would do, you know, it it hit a bumper and you'd watch it slowly go out the out lane and there was nothing you could do about it. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> that sounds pretty not fun. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 mistaking my two football tables here. I realize that the pro football was the one that had the uh, four flippers uh, kickoff had those little tiny zipper flippers, but then it also had the plastic. Uh, it, it was like playing Plinko. Uh, so the, the plastic lanes down at the bottom that depending on where the ball fell, you would score X amount of points. Just a really bizarre, hard layout. But I'm telling you, man, those tables just were a nightmare to try and figure out what the heck you were doing. Um, I'm just trying to... Oh, okay. It's actually Williams. Um, if I'm Pro looking football? at the right... I think so. So, let me have a look. Uh, the playfield shot's pretty low res on IPDB, but... Uh, yeah, so it's got... It did have two red flippers down the bottom, and so like four out lanes. Shoot me, like uh, a, put, a link in the, put a link in the comments, and I'll uh, take a quick... Yeah, I think I've, I'm looking at the... I think I'm looking at the same thing. Um... It does look rather interesting, I'll tell you that much. Uh, just got to go tab back to the... Uh, <laughs> so at uh, at uh, minute 20 in the podcast, much editing is taking place. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let me Have see. a look at that one. Yep, that's the bastard. Oh, yeah, that's look at that. So... So you can yeah, see uh... there's a hole there's a hole right next to the blue uh, pop bumper, right next to the red pop bumper, and right dead center. And all three of those are death holes. They're gobble holes, they call them. They're gobble holes. Um, the only way to get a score happening is to shoot all the way, you know, if you want to call it a loop, all the way on the side. There's a, a ten thousand point sides yep. on and in the centers, just off the centers, if you can stomach aiming for those to avoid the hole. You need to get it up there into the bot bumpers to score more points. Otherwise, you're not really scoring points. That's that's insane. How So the only way after the ball is dribbled down through that center section where all the gobble holes are, Yes. the only way you can get it back up there is to try and shoot those really tight-looking left Basically and right Basically thread loops. the needle. Yes. Wow, what an unsatisfying pinball machine to play. Like That would drive well, me insane. It's it's you can tell that at this point in play uh pinball design they were just after your coins. <laughs> totally, like it was going. You know what? Let's make this as dangerous as possible. Let's like put little tiny flippers on with huge, like not even return lines. They're basically four um, lanes that go straight into the out lane um, arch. Um, little teeny tiny flippers um, and. And then the only way you can get it back up to the where you can actually score points is through these tiny little lanes that would pretty much be impossible to get most of the time anyhow. So, <laughs> and then on top of it, if you look at the back glass, um, this is the kind of scoring where it just puts a light behind a number, and you have yeah, to do the addition yep. to figure out what your scoring is. which we were like what the heck is that that's no está bueno don't like it (laughs) Um, oh look at those look at those racy cheerleaders on the back glass my goodness right you can see their pant you can see their pantaloons 
<laughs> yeah, they uh they were they were showing something there. So oh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean that's the, and and you got to understand Crazy. this guy's collection also um it's these machines were player machines at best. Yeah. You know, they uh he hasn't done playfield restoration on them. And Flip, God, they, uh, I mean, good luck. Good luck if he wanted to, because uh, you'd be you have basically have to be a exceedingly good artist and uh, be able to do all the painting yourself. Um, you're right. not going to find a yeah. playfield overlay or a CPR playfield for any of these. Um, nope. Wow, that's uh, and so the other one was pro pinball, right? There, which is a later pro football. Pro football. Pro, pro, pro football. And it was a probably a Williams, I'd imagine, as well. It seems to... A it's, lot of a, no, it's, it's a Gottlieb. Okay. And uh, it is from... 19... Uh, 1931 mm -hmm. to... Hang on. Yeah, that's not the year it is. Well, 1973. 1973. Yeah, 1973. Yeah. All right, let me have a quick squiz at this so I can know what you're talking about. So the full... Uh, yeah, so it's a full flipper, strangely aligned flipper play field with... So in this one, it's interesting because they're both football-themed tables. Yes. But in, in this particular one, Pro Football has the the, the actual football player field um, actually running top to bottom, whereas on the EM, it was left to right. Um, and, of course, being the the way that art is actually laid out means that the whole play field changes, doesn't it? Because they then have to accommodate the, the playfield features around that big centerpiece of art. Yes. Um, and now what you'll, what you'll notice is on the, uh, the left and right side, uh, dead center, dead middle of the, the playfield, you'll see what says touchdown. Those are the very targets that you whack them a couple of times and they keep on going back, 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 back until they finally uh, drop. Yep. Center of the playfield is basically a field goal a spinner. The strength yep. of the flippers on this machine, the ball barely could get past it. And when I say barely, yep. maybe get, if you were lucky, you would get one spin. If you were mm. extraordinarily lucky, two spins would happen. Usually, it would do a half spin and wouldn't even register, and the ball would dribble back down straight down the middle. <laughs> so I'm looking at how you would launch the ball into play here. It, it, launches from the, like... it launches from the center drain. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, so, so, so it you push kicks the, it back out. Yeah, you push the right flipper and it shoots it out and basically it goes all the way. It, it would shoot out hard enough to go all the way up to the right. There's a stand-up yellow target about three-quarters of the way up the play field. Um, yep. And you'd uh, get some points and maybe it would maybe from there it would hit the uh, slingshot that's right underneath that and then that would bounce you up into the upper play field to score some bigger points. Um, but I'm telling oh, you, these, right. these okay. tables do not want the ball on the upper play field. No. It's it's a, quite annoying. <laughs> and I'm trying to see, like, for that, the upper play field area, it looks like that there's, the only way to get up there is really through that spinner. So you shoot the spinner, and then theoretically it would shoot into either the left arch or the right arch and go to the left three rollovers at the top or the right three rollovers. 
that seems to be how that game's supposed to work. Yes, if you get a hard enough launch on the flipper. Yeah, so if the flippers are strong enough, you could theoretically get to the upper area and have some fun. But otherwise, it's pretty much just shoot the very targets and try and score. And that's why on this this was the table die. that I literally went 20 seconds with the ball just bouncing and not touching anything that scored me a point. <laughs> yep. That sounds about right. That's a brutal game. So, so the two brutal games, both of very different eras, but um, the EMs out to kill you. Yeah, now. yeah. Um, but it's, it's still it's, it's interesting to to play these and realize what people were willing to put up with. Um, it's just a whole yeah. different thought process to pinball. Uh, you know, back yeah. then. The other thing that I found interesting, and and I. Again, talking to some people, and we all kind of came to the same conclusion. So uh, Terminator 2 was one of the tables that I had to play. And we all commented, why is it that every T2 we play, shooting, getting the ball all the way up the ramp is a virtual impossibility? Like, the flippers are never strong enough. I remember when it first came out in playing T2, and it plays very... My recollection of it is that it plays very much like what is in uh, Pinball Arcade with, you know, strength. Yeah, um, but virtually every T two I run across now today in the wild or at a private collector's, unless it's you know been completely uh, fixed shopped up, out. yeah, shopped out, it just is underpowered. Yeah, it it will be it's probably because they need to rebuild all the um, flipper circuits for those flippers, and it could be also because they would have used that they might have tried to replace coils with a different rated flipper coil. Um, over the years, and that might have actually affected its ability to shoot the ramps. Because I think of the era of pinball machine, when you did replace flipper coils, you had to be pretty particular about what one you put back in um, because it was rated for the playfield objects in the mm. game. Uh, so if you find that there, it, it could be that of those games that are around, um, that they they might have been fixed up at one point when coils are a bit hard to find and someone just put a good, uh, a different rated coil in there and that coil might have been fine for 20 years. So it's still in that game and it's probably incorrect. So yeah, I don't know. It's in, it, it, it might be, be it might be a symptom of Steve Ritchie games. Yeah. Because I've also come across with, uh, this guy had both firepower and firepower two and uh, firepower two in particular was just woefully underpowered. Um, there's a, a yeah. steep metal ramp on the left-hand side, uh, not even halfway up the playfield, I don't think. And I could I could get the ball about three quarters of the way up the ramp, and then it would roll right back down. And that was from a completely still caught ball, which is just doesn't yeah. seem right to me. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah. It's so, strange, eh? It is. It is. It's interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things, obviously, with uh, with owning pinball machines of a certain era, especially with those EMs, good luck making them play. Well, I again, it's... Are you supposed to make them play the way that you expect a pinball to play today? Or was that the standard back in the day? And good luck it finding anybody be. that remembers. <laughs> well, the, that it does pose some problems, doesn't it? Because we don't have anyone like you and I who have recently played this era of pinball machines, or like the, the more recent era of pinball machines. We can't actually go, yeah, yeah, that, that's way underpowered. It used right. to be this. But 
all the people who used to have a misspent youth playing 50s and 60s pinball machines said, well, they're kind of dead. <laughs> or their memory is so, so off from what it was back then. I mean, you know. Yeah. That's many a year ago. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the decades cloud your judgment about what you remember of a pinball machine. And right. you would think, though, that if if you can't even reach the flipper, uh, sorry, the spinner, and you can see that the the design of the playfield is such that you need to get up to that upper level, um, then that would suggest that some work needs to be done on those flippers. Yeah. Mm. Would suggest it, but... But yeah, it'd be interesting to see one that's been completely, like, mechanically shopped out. Because the right. problem with the EMs is that everything everything is connected through relays. Yeah. So unlike you know with a pinball machine now if you, if there's something wrong with the flipper it's probably only two places that really needs to your attention but on an em it could be up to eight places <laughs> that actually need to be fixed <laughs> yeah because it could be a relay right down the relay bank or it could be an endostroke switch on the cabinet or it could be a contact switch somewhere else in the the play field it could be any number of contact points that transfer electricity to the coils it could be causing that thing not to work properly. So yeah. <laughs> trying to work that out is tricky. Very much so. Um, all right, enough of, of that particular bit of fun. You had uh, something pinball related you were going to talk about. Yeah, I, I did actually. I, I would need to go and find the, the link for it, but it was a, a Kickstarter for something rather unusual. Um, in the fact that it was like a, you, you know, when you were a kid and you were, you, you wanted to make a pinball machine. So you get out a bit of wood and you stick some nails in it and, you know, you sort of make up one that flipped and you could shoot the ball around, maybe put some, um, some paper tube ramps on there and stuff like that. Sure. You know that. Rubber band there going is between a, a couple of the nails and, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, there is a, a Kickstarter open at the moment that, is basically takes that to a new level um, in that they've actually made a proper wood um, kit that you can buy um, with two flippers at the bottom that are all connected quite nicely from a mechanical perspective. I know that when I was making a pinball machine, I always have just basically straight bits of wood leading to the outside of the cabinet, and I just have to flip them with the flippers, which means no outlines or any sort of, sort of thing like I had, that. But I had two pencils that I'm just manually flipped. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you, uh, like in the um, in the days when we were doing it ourselves, this one also uses BB size um, metal balls. Um, and gee, there's some ruckus out there. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with the kids. But I don't know if you can hear that coming through the mic. But oh, yeah, yeah, if if you do, sorry, my kids are playing up this morning. That's okay. Um, it's okay if kids play. So, we'll allow that. Yeah, yeah. So um, so this thing basically has all. It's all look like CNC'd um, wood and everything, and yep. it's all got metal components in it to make the flippers pretty pretty um, good quality. But then what it is basically, it's um. It's, what would you call it? Um, do you know the wood material you use in your garage to make a pin board out of um, for your tools? You have right. that little horizontal and vertical holes on Yeah, pegboard. Well, it's got basically pegboard in there, which allows you to put um, the, a basic sort of guides and rails and stuff that come with a kit. 
But what it also has is it has conductive um, copper um, plates that you can put around the playfield as well. And it's it's kind of genius the way they've actually thought about connecting it. They just use um, pop rivets stuck through the playfield. So okay. You know, the pop rivets that you, um, yeah, when you get a pop rivet, it's got like a long tail on it that you stick into the gun and then you crimp the gun and it cuts right. off. Well, what they're doing is they're actually using those as like the conductive pins for the copper. And the idea is that you can connect it up using basically an Arduino or something like that. Um, and you can then make a rudimentary pinball with rudimentary scoring that they um, will do through a, a Bluetooth-enabled Arduino and um, your mobile phone as like the DMD. So, you know, we're not talking <laughs> not talking anything completely rich as far as rules go, but what this kit will allow you to do as a, as a maker is employ other techniques like, you know, you could use cardboard or foam or other stuff to make very different pinball designs, which you can then put rudimentary scoring on. So it's a, it's a pretty nice looking like set the i can't find the link to it i think i actually tweeted it so yeah you did tweet it because i took a look at it from there it's what about 350 bucks i think to back it yeah something like that i'm just going to i'm trying to find the it should be in the um the tweet list hopefully um if i scroll back there's a lot of other stuff and i'm looking at the black a tweet list yeah here it is I knew I'd, I knew my, my Twitter foo would um, come in handy. <laughs> the project is called Makeable, um, and yeah, it's it's a three-legged pinball machine in the way that they which um, is odd. It's a bit odd, but the other thing is you can make it a tabletop as well, um, and the video is pretty cool. Like they've they've actually got like one pinball playfield that actually has a planter box in it, <laughs> and <laughs> and like it, they use it as like a almost like a little mini garden. It's so, all eco-friendly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all very eco-friendly. So it's a it's a really interesting sort of idea. Um, it's not overly expensive, I don't think. Um, so it's um, CHF is Canadian, right? CHF is Canadian. Yeah, I don't know. Or something I don't know. So if you pledge CHF. Uh, uh, 239 uh, you get a starter kit a desktop starter kit um, and then um, you also get uh, if you spend a little bit more um, like 329 you get the, the stand up version of it um, and they will ship this anywhere in the world so um, yeah you can you can pretty much get this thing and, and start putting it together and whacking bits of cardboard tube on it and have some fun. So <laughs> it, is, it is very DIY. It, There's no doubt about it. It's totally it. DIY. Yeah, it's, it's, there, it's there for you to experiment. I guess it's sort of like a way to, if you're interested in maybe building a basic pinball machine, you could actually use this to quickly prototype um, some, um, some obstacles and stuff uh, in it and just sort of test things out. And it uses little BB balls. Um, so... Um, I think they give you about four balls in the kit. Um, so you can just sort of, you can technically have multi-ball, but some of the designs on the Kickstarter page, they're pretty elaborate. There's some pretty crazy ramps and stuff that people devise. And I think that's the idea with this. The idea is for you to sort of have a go at um, making crazy designs and then putting them up on this maker community and let other people see them as well. 
And it's sort of like community-driven pinball development, really. Um, so I kind of like the idea. It's kind of interesting. And, and truth be told, it reminds me a lot of these <laughs> the old wood rail that I was playing in terms of the, the simplicity of what you're doing here, you know, except for you don't, you're not going to have powered uh, pop bumpers or slingshots on this thing. Um, no, it's, it'll be passive, basically. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, I mean, theoretically, it might be something fun to sort of muck around with. Um, so, yeah, check it out. I'll put a link to it in the um, in the show notes if you want to check it out. Um, apparently, according to the, the backer page, should be ready about uh, Christmas time this year. And when they'll start shipping them out. So happy, happy, uh, Merry Christmas to you. Ta-da. Um, before yeah. we close out today, I want to touch upon uh, two quick things. Uh, nothing in depth here. Uh, okay. Number one, <laughs> I've, you, I haven't had an issue with uh, projection in a theater uh, that much lately, other than the occasional, it's slightly blurry. Yeah. Um, so I went and saw Wonder Woman the other night and okay. wanted to see it in 3D because the one website that I go to that mentions 3D and stuff said it was pretty good. So I was like, okay. okay. So I go there. They hadn't flipped the lens to make it 3D. So what we saw when the movie started was a complete blurred mess. <laughs> oh. So I had to get up and run out of the theater and go talk to the the people that work there, which is my least favorite thing to do. Because once I'm settled into my movie seat, I don't want to move. And yeah, go out right. there and I said, hey, your 3D is all jacked up. You need to go correct it. And if you could, start the movie over. Because I just missed it. <laughs> you know, missed the first couple of minutes because I'm out here talking to you people. So yeah. went back in the theater. Boom, they flipped the little lens. It's at that point that I went, boy, it's kind of dim too. It's not a bright, crisp and for some reason, the 3D wasn't like. Usually, when I watch a 3D movie, you can really sense the depth. Yeah. And this, although if you flipped off your glasses, you could see that it was a, still a blurry mess, which means it should have plenty of depth. There's, there was just something not deep looking about the presentation. And I don't know if it, I don't know exactly what the issue was that was going on in the movie theater, um, whether it was because it wasn't super bright. But then it wasn't until the credits started rolling that I also noticed that the credits were slightly blurry. So it was a combination of being slightly out of focus, not bright enough, <laughs> and then me being just annoyed at the, and the way they started the movie to begin with. It was just like, way to kill your enjoyment of... My of a movie. Like yeah. you, you have one job. You have yeah. one job. Make the movie watchable. <laughs> you know? Far yeah, it was, it was just really sad, and it just kind of made me go, you know what, I, you know unless it's James Cameron or whatever, and and maybe I'll pick a different theater to go see 3D. Um, it, it was just like, I'm better off at home when it comes out in the video, uh, you know, watching them that way. I would have just walked out and said, no, you guys can't, can't you know, organize a beer in a pub at the moment as far as this um, uh, projection goes, so I'd like my money back now, thanks. I'm leaving. Uh, yeah, but I hate doing that too. Again, yeah. it's once, I'm, once I'm there... Um, you, know. you got your super-sized popcorn and your mega drink. Oh, no, I don't pay uh, for those. Are you kidding me? No. Yeah, <laughs> not. No, that, that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, okay. that's, that's frustrating. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to kind of uh, just, I don't know, that was on my mind. It's annoying. Um, the other thing is, did you hear about this rock climber that just climbed in Yosemite? There's, uh, 
this cliff face, <laughs> if you will, called El Capitan. And he just yeah. climbed it 3,000 feet, no rope, no safety equipment. Whoa. Yeah, they call it free solo. That's pretty ballsy. Yeah. Took him four hours to do. That's not much. No. <laughs> so he and would have been leading like, it up that bloody cliff. Uh, right. And I mean, it's, it's, it's sheer straight up and down. It's, it's stupid. We, my family just went to Yosemite last uh, summer and it's yeah. staggering. And to think yeah. that somebody was like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. So he was the first person to ever do it. And it's a lot of people have said it's the Holy grail of free solo climbing to do. So here's my thing. You're an adrenaline junkie. So of course you're doing these things. You just conquered the ultimate of adrenaline junkie things. Oh, and you're only in your mid-20s. You're like 26, 27. Now what? <laughs> what do you do now? Yeah, what do you do now? Yeah. You know? The, the interesting thing is that somebody was talking to him and, and mentioned about adrenaline. He goes, oh, no, if you feel that kick of adrenaline, something's gone terribly wrong. Oh, really? Because he says you should be climbing these things in complete, relaxed calmness. Calmness. The minute you feel an adrenaline spike, that means something bad has happened, and you don't want that feeling. <laughs> and yeah. again, it's just like, wow, the mindset that you know these people have to go through. What I found funny was he's, they were quoting these other uh, renowned climbers that have mentioned, there were two of them that had contemplated doing this exact same feat, and they'd mentioned a couple of other climbers. They're all dead. How do you think they all died? <laughs> Falling off a mountain. <laughs> it's, you know, one one guy died from he was uh, climbing over a seawall, and I guess a rogue wave splashed up high and washed him off, and he drowned. Um, another guy was base jumping and died that way. Yeah, we hear that all the time. Um, yeah, base jumping is one of my safest in sports. Right, another one had died. You know, while climbing, it's like. What is up with a sport that you, I don't know. I, I guess I don't have that death wish. You know, I understand doing adrenaline junkie things, but I don't understand the death wish thing. Um, where no. that's how, that's how you feel alive is by conquering death. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. Different strokes for different folks, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course I can guarantee you they'd be like, you yeah, sit there and play pinball for, an hour or two? What a waste of life. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, you go to work every day just to earn a living. What a waste of life when you can well, be like trying to kill yourself. It's funny because this guy, and I've, again, I've heard this about other climbers. Um, he lives in a van. He owns a van. That's where he sleeps. That's where he's got his, mm -hmm. you know, hot stove and, and, and everything. And basically he lives on less than a thousand dollars a month. Right, okay. And to them, the idea is, well, if I feel like driving across the country to this climbing spot, then I drive to that spot in the country, and I park, and I climb for the next two months. Yeah. And that's <laughs> and, what I do. Yeah, that's what I do. It's like, wow. I just, I don't, uh, it's such a different headspace for me. It is, yeah. It's 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 a mind frack for sure, right? Like It's like, okay, Absolutely. sure. I, obviously, the guy's single, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there's no way you could do that if you had a partner or kids. So, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. You, the minute, <laughs> the 
somebody else's life comes into your mind, then it's game over. It's game over. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm an adult. I can do what I want. Basically, is what he's saying. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, so I'm an adult I, doing you, adult things, which is why I adult I decisions, life and death. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's about that's about my level of um, of adrenaline. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, boy, my adrenaline Crazy, spikes right? when I when I get multi ball. Woo, look out! <laughs> yeah, oh, boy, I'm scared. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna center drain. No, I've lost one of the funny balls. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yep. Oh man, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy stuff, aren't you? Yeah. Um, hey, I uh, uh, we're not getting paid by these guys or anything, but I just wanted to throw out on Twitter. I just posted the. Uh, 10 shirts I just got for 50 bucks. Uh, and they're, uh, you know, fun shirts. Like the one I'm wearing is a, uh, it's got a TIE fighter and an X wing. Yin yang. Yin yang. Yes. So, um, yeah, my style of t shirts. Anyway, I picked them up from this website called $6 shirts. And, oh. uh, yeah, no, and they, they don't lie. They're six bucks a shirt. But if you bought 10, then they knocked 10 bucks off the price. And all of a sudden it was 50 bucks for 10 shirts, which is bargain. That's, Pretty cheap. That's your wardrobe done, basically. Uh, that's that's a real bargain. Do you get to choose them, or is it like yeah. um, no? You get to you get to, you get to oh, choose them. There is over a thousand shirts to choose from, I think, and you can even pick the uh, color of the t-shirt. Wow, that's pretty good. Yep. So yeah. just want to uh, a link to them in a because I know I've mentioned busted tees before, where I've gotten most of my previous uh, shirts of this nature. Um, so. Anyway, one of those things uh, that uh, people might be interested in checking out. Like I said, they're not sponsoring us or anything, but oh yeah, but it's good, good bargain. It's cheap. We like yeah. cheap. We exactly. Like cheap. Exactly. Hey, uh, I think that's about all we got time for today, or at least we don't have yeah. anything else to talk about. <laughs> no, probably next week. I think. I think I things think so. start heating up a little bit um, next week for the digital world. So um, stay tuned. Hopefully, hopefully. All right, gang. So until then, uh, go plunk some quarters wherever you can uh, find a place to plunk them. In the meantime, we'll uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. See you later. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blarcade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.